Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, here along with the other two Musketeers, Tyler Snyder. Tyler, what is up, buddy? Not much, George. Not much. How you doing? Doing good. I'm happy to be back. And we got Cody Roadcap also. Cody, what is up? And what was up with your very lame introduction to the podcast last week? I had to keep it on par with what we're used to. Oof. Shots fired. I, I was not expecting that answer. That was good. That was very good. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I'm sure you're very, very glad to have me back based on how you talked about me last week. But this week, we're going to talk some NFL news and we're going to introduce a new series we are going to be doing here at the Couch GMs by doing a little bit of debating and talking about some different forms of fantasy league scoring, etc. It's going to be a good time. Uh, you can check out that series and more about it as we release it on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs, and most importantly on thecouchgms.com. But before we get into any of that, let's jump into some NFL news. And Cody, give us our hashtag Rogers Watch update for this week. Yeah, so this week there's not much going on in the hashtag Rogers Watch. Uh, outside of Devontae Adams spoke again. Uh, he said something in the situation the Packers players don't truly talk about, but he's praying that he'll be back for training camp at some point, and he's not the only person with contract issues. Uh, I would tend to believe that he is referring to himself going into the last year of his deal. Uh, he wants that third contract in Green Bay. He wants to be paid like the top wide receiver uh, after his two incredible seasons. Uh, and then the fun story is that Aaron Rodgers did renew his membership for the Wisconsin uh, golf club that he's a part of. Uh, so at least throughout the rest of the year, he does have eligibility to play at the Wisconsin golf course. One, I'm surprised they even charged him a membership. And two, how much can a membership really be for a guy making $35 million? Like it could have just been like an auto renewal that pulls out of his bank account. Like we all have for our subscriptions that we're always like, man, I meant to cancel that. Uh, but Hey, maybe that's the sign he'll be back this year. But outside of that, there's been a lot of news, but it's uh, been pretty quiet in the Rodgers watch. I think you can tell that it's the NFL lull if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers renewing his golf club membership. I mean, I'm just saying. Hey, it's better yeah, than burnt wrong. steaks with Chris Pratt like a few years ago. <laughs> You're right. These are the Rodgers stories we live for. <laughs> it gets every Packers fans juiced. Uh, but, you know, another time of the year that get fans juiced uh, happens in February. Uh, that's the NFL Combine. It didn't happen this past year because of the COVID pandemic. Uh, but Indianapolis might not be the home after 2023 of the Combine as the NFL are letting teams put in bids to be uh, – the new host of it after their contract runs out. I know a lot of scouts on the internet are like pooling for a Phoenix or an LA somewhere a little bit warmer in February. Um, I've always liked Indy because of how it's like the centralized location of the NFL. It feels like it's in the heart of the U S the heart of where all the teams can come together, but I could definitely see it moving to somewhere in LA where the NFL could probably make a little bit more money off of it than Indianapolis. Yeah, it sucks that it's all money push because, like you said, it's nice to keep the location sort of a centralized area so that nobody is traveling to an extensive length. Um, but, hey, I mean, I guess if it's 
for your dream to get into the NFL, you're willing to travel anywhere. They could have it in Timbuktu if they wanted to. Somebody will travel there. Home of the Thundering Camels. Nobody knows what that means. Team hit right there. <laughs> you guys do, and that's all that matters. I mean, uh, if this is a money push, are they like going to start inviting fans to the combine or something? Like, I don't quite understand how they would make more money off the combine by moving it to somewhere like in L.A. or whatever, New York. Even I think the indie thing makes sense to me. Well, I think fans already flock to Indianapolis. It might not be as big as the draft. Um, I don't have the exact numbers ahead of me, but, you know, fans are crazy. They'll go to Indianapolis in hopes to, like, catch their favorite player on the or their favorite prospect on the street or the head coach of their favorite team, you know, at a bar at 10 o'clock after the combine. So fans will go. Like, if they put it in L.A. or even if they kept it in Indianapolis and they're like, hey, we're going to make a fan zone where you can watch the game, you can do your own 40s, you know, similar to how they have at the draft. I know I was there in Philly, so was Snyder when it was here in Philly. You saw the big fan expos they had. They had NFL shop tent. You know, they had the 40-yard dash. There's ways to make money. And after the dip, we'll say, of the pandemic, I'm sure that's another way the NFL was looking to recoup some of that money. And in a big city, I'm not saying Indianapolis is small, but it could make a, a huge impact if they added more of a fan experience around the combine outside of just prospects getting their testing numbers done. I mean, look, if we're being honest, we have had um... – the NFL draft in many cities across the United States and Philadelphia was definitely one of the bigger cities that we expected um, record numbers from. And they did have record numbers. However, a certain small market team then hosted it the next year and broke those records and had one of the largest turnouts in NFL history to the uh, actually the largest turnout in NFL history to the NFL draft. And that was Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm just saying, if you're looking for a good small market team, that is nothing but fun. Uh, to host this, I think the Tennessee Titans might uh, put in a good bid there. I could definitely see it going to Nashville. I could honestly, when you talk about it that way, it could end up moving around similar to the draft, and they try to build up those smaller markets similar to what Nashville was trying to do, and you never know where you're going to see it then. Try to build up the smaller market teams to you know, make their fan base show their pride a little bit more. You know, and speaking of smaller market teams, it's not official yet, but I have heard uh, it's in the woodworks that the NFL is going to give Green Bay the 2023, uh, I believe the 2023 NFL draft. Maybe not the 20. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be there and then it was going to go back to Vegas, uh, but it's coming up. It's in the the work. So in the next few years, Green Bay is another small market team that could be hosting the draft. And I mean, they're never going to get the combine in February up in Green Bay. Let's not forget <laughs> those cold places they're not getting the combine at all uh so we'll just hold on to the draft uh but guys we had a little bit of some bigger news a little bit more serious um raiders defensive end carl nassib uh came out as gay uh this past week and you know just shows goes to show how the times are more adapting how fans are becoming more adapting players becoming more adapting he's done nothing but get praised for this move, uh, he he said it took 15 years to feel like he could get to this point. So I commend him for finally saying, hey, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame. I have to do what's best for me. And then I also can commend him for going along with this announcement. He is making a $100,000 donation uh, to the Trevor P- Project, which is a nonprofit organization that prevents uh, LB or LGBTQ 
uh, suicide prevention. And he also did point out a stat that it just takes one person to, you know, be welcoming, be uh, open minded to someone uh, coming out uh, gay or whatever they truly feel that they are. And that can uh, decrease suicide risk by up to 40%. Uh, so just something to keep in mind, guys, like these, these, we all commend them as players, but these are people too. like, everyone might not have the same beliefs as you. You might not have the same beliefs as your favorite player, but they're all human. They all go through things that are a lot bigger than football. Uh, so keep a positive, open mind, you know how much just an open mind uh, can go. So congrats to Carl Nassib for making this big step and honestly changing the landscape of the NFL forever as being the first actively uh, gay player. I know Michael Sam, he was the first actively gay prospect a few years ago, but he actually never made it uh, to a game start. So Nassib has shown he's a good player uh, and his sexuality won't change that. So if you supported him before, uh, you should definitely support him now that nothing has changed. So, Yeah, and I think that Nassib is going to be one of the best players to kind of you know, be the first openly gay because once we've seen this in other sports, in other mediums that once one person comes out, other people start to feel more comfortable and that's when more people will come out. Um, and it only takes one. And Michael Sam, yes, he was an openly gay prospect years ago, but he announced that he was openly gay right before the draft. It caused a whole bunch of drama and teams kind of avoided him in the draft. He fell a little bit further than he was expected to, not because he was gay, but because teams didn't want to have to deal with the publicity and the drama that was going to come with him right out of the draft. Um, and he ended up not making it in the NFL, whether that was for his skills or whether it was for the publicity or whatever it was, it ended up not working. Where Nassib has been in the league for years, he's entrenched. We know the guy, we respect the guy. So uh, he'll be a great person to really lead the forefront of this and help others feel more comfortable coming out uh, now that we have, you know, such a big name coming out and saying he's gay. So congratulations to Carl Nassib on um, opening up. I know that's not easy. A few things I want to hit here on this one are uh, the NFL actually matched uh, Nassib's $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project. So it's nice to see the league also getting in on doing something to make a positive change. Uh, and then two of my favorite quotes, one comes from uh, Nassib's former college coach in Penn State, uh, who said, I was proud of Nassib when he led the league and led the nation in sacks, but I'm even more proud of him today, just showing how much more positive you know, backing he got than Michael Sam, who there was a lot of just cloudiness around him. Uh, and then from Nassib himself, who said, I hope there's a day where this kind of announcement isn't necessary. But until then, I'm going to work to be, you know, the leader in this whole fight. And that seemed to be really nice um, that. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's going to be a good player to be the leader in this, to make more people feel comfortable and that this won't even be an issue in the future. It'll just be, oh, I mean, he's he's gay or whatever it is, and it's not an issue because it doesn't change the person. It doesn't change the player, and I respect him a ton for doing this. Congrats, Carl. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with him. I hope we get to the day where it's not, oh, he's the gay football player. It's he's the football player. It's not, hey, that's a woman coach. Hey, that's the coach. Like, I hope we get to a point where – the the league and everybody is you know more accepting and we're not you know target we're not we're congratulate people for you know making the, making it known that they're different uh but at some point i agree with carl i hope that it's just everyday life 
we look at each other uh, with a positive outlook, um, but not so much of a positive outlook. You know, we had a, a high moment. Now we're going to have a low moment as the Chiefs defensive end, Frank Clark, was arrested in L.A. Uh, for illegal possession of a concealed firearm. I think he might have also got a drug charge, but don't completely uh, write that up to me. Um, I know we, we talk about it. it's the NFL law. You'll probably see some players get caught with some drug charges, some concealed firearms at just the time that we're in. NFL players are used to a routine. They're used to a set schedule, and they just came off of OTAs and minicamps. Now they have about six weeks until training camp that they have to keep themselves busy. Some of them will take that to continue their training. Some players will go on vacation for six weeks and other players will find themselves in trouble. Uh, just like, or not just like someone, but hopefully Frank Clark uh, keeps the, the amount of people that find themselves in trouble uh, just to him, or hopefully that doesn't number doesn't grow. Uh, you hate to see it. Frank Clark's a very good player and he'll be a key part of the chiefs team this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with a two to four game suspension by the time the season rolls around. And to your point, Cody, like, yeah, you are going to see players kind of take two separate roads during the NFL lull here. Like Cardinals rookie Zayvon Collins actually also had an incident this week where he was arrested for reckless driving. Um, I mean, that can kind of happen during any time of the year because I feel like some of these guys get in their fancy sports cars for the first time and just want to drive. But it's, you're right. Can't it's, necessarily blame them. I can't either. No, I mean, if I had a $100,000 sports car, I'd want to drive 150 down the highway too. Maybe not that much, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, I've tried to hit a hundred in my, my old Scion XB box. Uh, <laughs> Mom, I hope you didn't hear that. Uh, but so if I had a sports car from the guy that has, you know, a, a few speeding tickets to his name, I wouldn't be, I'd probably get caught eventually doing the same thing. Uh, but guys, uh, but, but, yeah. but how how fast could that box go? Let me be. Let me ask that question. I'm interested. <laughs> it it can hit triple digits. I do know that. Hey, I hit Sorry, triple Mom. digits in my '99 uh, Volvo, and the whole thing just started to shake like crazy. And I thought it was going to explode. I just wanted to see what it could do. Not much. Honestly. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Stressed out, Cody over here was like, "Okay, I'm on a straightaway. There's no one around. Floor it." hits a hundred nails the brakes back to 65 and just <laughs> drives on the highway. Like, so probably shouldn't have left. I should have left that part of the story out. It makes me seem not definitely not as cool as the, the original story, but uh, yes, I'd still get caught uh, speeding in a, in a sports car. Um, you know, maybe a guy that wouldn't get caught speeding at this point in his career is uh, Eli Manning. Uh, he doesn't seem like the speeder guy. He seems like the tucked in tie you know, probably drive in a minivan with his kids. If he even has kids, I, I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, but he's returning to the giants organization, uh, in a business operations role, going to help with fan engagement. Um, and also will have his number retired and inducted to the giants ring of honor. I know there's been some debate. I think definitely led by me that I don't think he is, should be in the hall of fame despite his two super bowl wins, because I don't think he played a big role in making those super bowl wins happen. Um, so do you guys think he deserves to have his number retired? I definitely think the ring of honor. Sure. That makes a ton of sense for the giants. He meant a lot to that organization, but how about number retired? And if you want to throw your two cents into the hall of fame debate, feel free. Yeah. I mean, there's a total 
difference between having your number retired by a team and making it into the Hall of Fame. Um, Hall of Fame is one of the greatest in the entire league where uh, having your number retired means you were one of the greatest for that franchise. And I think that Eli Manning was one of the greatest for that franchise. Whether you thought he was a great quarterback or not, he does have the Super Bowls behind him. But honestly, if you think Giants right now or over the last 10 years, you think Eli Manning. First person you think of when you hear Giants is Eli Manning. He was the face of that franchise. He led that team. They had some success. He's had some success. And I honestly do believe that he was a big enough impact on that organization as a whole that he does deserve his number retired. Uh, whether he deserves to make the Hall of Fame, um, not a first ballot. I wouldn't be surprised to see him inducted in a few years. But um, I, honestly, I don't think he quite was good enough to make the Hall of Fame, but I'm sure he will. He's a Manning. I mean, you're talking to somebody here who is not really a big fan of number retirements because there's some point where you're just going to run out of numbers. Like, I feel like it's becoming way too diluted. There's some guys who aren't really as important to their team as they should be that are getting their numbers retired. Um, so, I mean, I agree with you. You make a great point where it comes to when you think of the Giants in the last 10, 15, 20 years, you think of Eli Manning. That's true. And that could be a good argument to get his number retired. But I just feel like there's been too many people that have. I would probably, I guess, lean sure he could get his number retired. He won them two Super Bowls. That would be a good benchmark for me, I guess. But for the Hall of Fame, I think there's too much emphasis on Super Bowls. And he does not carry the numbers that I think need are needed to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He was way too inconsistent. At least one of the years, I think it was both the years, that they won Super Bowls. They were mediocre teams that made it in a wild card spot and caught fire and had a lucky player too in the Super Bowl. So he was never the top of his, you know, the top of the quarterback class when he was a quarterback. So I don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. When it comes to the Giants inducting him in the Ring of Honor and retiring his number, I guess he's done enough for the organization to, you know, constitute that, I guess. Yep, I think we're all on the same page here. It'll be interesting uh, once 2024 rolls around and he is eligible to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like Tyler said, he is a Manning. He'll probably get up first ballot. Uh, I think some people will be like, maybe not first ballot, but he'll, def he'll definitely get in. I would be utterly shocked if he doesn't make it um, just because he does have two Super Bowl wins, even though quarter our wins are not a quarterback stat. It's a team game. Uh, but our last bit of news, back to a little bit of a downer, um, but it has a good, a positive ending, and that is Vikings rookie defensive lineman Jalen Tyman, I think is how you pronounce his last name, uh, was visiting family in D.C. over the weekend. He ended up being at the wrong place at the wrong time and was shot four times. Um, there's not a lot more details out about this story other than, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhout, he is expected to make a full recovery, even as a Packers fans, I, you hate to see any player go through a traumatic experience like that. Definitely uh, looking forward and rooting for this guy to make a re recovery. Um, he worked so hard to get into the NFL. Uh, it would be heartbreaking and devastating if wrong place, wrong time caused him to uh, like lose out on his career. It doesn't look that way. Um, but, you know, 
I don't have much else to say because there's not much else about details. It'll be a story we'll be following uh, throughout the rest of the offseason. Um, and just a guy to keep an eye out when you see uh, Jalen Tideman uh, on, you know, your 1 o'clock football game or your 4 o'clock or noon or, hey, if you live on the West Coast, you watched football at a different time than we do here on the East Coast. Uh, just remember all what he went through during this offseason law. Um, but, guys, that's all the news. And, you know, it is the off-season law, uh, but NFL fantasy drafts are getting started back up. I know George T is at the beginning, some new series we're coming out with. We're working on some, like, how-to videos that will be out on our website uh, soon uh, for all you new players in fantasy. Or, like the three of us did, we've tried to get our girlfriends involved in fantasy so they don't hate when we watch 10 hours of football. They at least have a reason to watch with us. Which guys, um, it's a great. It's not a great idea. Don't say it's a great idea. Uh, oh, it, it can be a great it's a idea. Great idea. Um, I thought getting my girlfriend involved in fantasy would make her understand why I love fantasy so much, and she does. She's definitely involved now. Um, but now I have on Sundays when it used to be me watching football, getting angry, and her being like, "I don't understand why you're mad." Now she's more mad than I am, screaming at the TV. What? doing i'm like oh gosh which is great except i have now beaten her in the fantasy championship in back-to-back seasons and um look i'm just saying fantasy might end our relationship if this keeps going this way but uh honestly it does make it more fun get involved with your girlfriends have them playing um just maybe don't start your best players if you're playing your girlfriend that week some good advice you know how to protect your relationship but here at the couch jams fantasy is more important uh, sorry, Jen. Sorry, Shelby. Sorry, Bree. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of platforms out there. You might be a little confused on where to start. You might have trouble finding a new league. Uh, because you know, everyone can go join on NFL.com and join a free league, but 98% of the time, only three players are going to be active the whole season. And it's just not as much fun when players aren't playing. So, you know, you can reach out to us and we can help you find a league. Heck, maybe we'll just join in a league with you. Or, you know, there's, you know, NFL fans on Facebook. That's a a huge group. I know I always see people posting and, hey, we need one more person for our fantasy league. Must be an active player. Um, It's definitely a lot of options out there. And there's a a lot of different types of fantasy to play, a lot of scoring rules. That's why we're going to make these tutorials for you. Um, But I guess the first question on how do you start, and we're going to do a little bit to debate, is platforms. You know, there's... NFL, Yahoo, ESPN, Sleeper. I'm sure there's a few other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head. None of these are a sponsor, but we will welcome any of them to be a sponsor. Uh, maybe not the ones that we say are our least favorite platforms here in a few minutes. Uh, but guys, what are your some of your favorite platforms and what do you look for when choosing the platform for a league that you might be starting up or want to be a part of? I just want to say before we move on, going back to the girlfriends thing, Cody did mention quickly that fantasy is more important than girlfriends on Sunday because we are couch GMs. But I wanted to say that that only matters for two of us now because Cody is officially engaged. He did propose to his girlfriend and shockingly she did say yes. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out before we move on. Congratulations, Cody on getting engaged. Congrats, buddy. Appreciate it. It's only, it's only been like seven years and I will, I will say uh, I do have it on video and she is like, she asked me really three times that I on my knee I had to look at her and say I have a effing ring, and <laughs> she finally was like, "Oh, okay." 
So that just goes to our relationship. There's, uh, it's, it's been a good one. But thank you for the congratulations. And obviously, fantasy is not more important, more, more important than our girlfriends. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> fantasy is a lot of fun. But anyway, going back to your question, I will say that I'll just start with favorite platforms. And um, I know that all of us use NFL.com's fantasy platform. And, you know, I, I honestly like the way the NFL is set up. I feel like it's easy to use. It's very user friendly. Um, I, th- I like the way that it's laid out. Uh, there's definitely some good advice posted in the columns. And, you know, the top fantasy analysts usually work for NFL.com, including Michael Fabiano. They post a... Um, you know, weekly rankings on who you should start, who you should sit, where everybody's ranked for that week. And it's it creates some nice, helpful tools that people can use if they are struggling with who to start and who to sit, even though, you know, from now on, listeners are just going to come to us if they can't decide who to start and who to sit because we are the Couch GMs and we are here to help. Um, but another one I'd like to mention real quick is MFL. It's MyFantasyLeague.com. Now, this league is not going to be for the casual fan. It's going to be for the more intense fan, people that like to play in dynasty leagues, um, keeper leagues, or, you know, just maybe crazier setup leagues. You can pretty much change this league to be however you'd like it, uh, whatever crazy rules that you can come up with off the top of your head. Uh, you, this league will allow you to do it. It is a league that you have to pay for, um, so you do have to keep that in mind. However, it is worth it if you are trying to run a bigger dynasty league. Um we are all three of us in a league where it is supposed to simulate that you are an actual GM. I mean, you have, you know, player contracts, you have a taxi squad, you have, um, you know, all kinds of crazy in-depth things. We have head coaches, individual defensive players, you name it. And it really creates an exciting league for us. It's one of my favorite leagues to go back to. So uh, I, I personally love my fantasy league and NFL.com. I agree with you on both of those. Um, definitely, I like the ease of NFL.com, and it's definitely just not as customizable. Um, but especially when you're in a redraft league where you're not going to do anything super crazy, I like the ease of use and the tracks history, league history as well, which is actually big in our league of record that we run off of NFL.com. Let you go back and look at some of those stats throughout the year who may have scored the most points in a week. Look back at that horrible matchup that Tyler beat me 155 to 151 in a first week of a playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, and then the other league, the other platform that I'll say that I use, it's a free platform that is pretty user friendly that I pretty much like the setup of would have to be yahoo.com. Uh, Yahoo has improved a lot over the years, in my opinion. Um, their their news advice is getting better um i don't know if i love it as much as nfl.com but it's it's gotten better over the years i i would probably say it's my second favorite as the free platforms but i don't like it as much as my fantasy league wow i completely disagree okay no offense yahoo it's my least favorite of the free ones uh I think the app can get confusing because they try to run it through uh, ESPN did the same thing too. Instead of having multiple apps, they just have like ESPN fantasy and Yahoo fantasy. And then it gets confusing, if, you know, because sometimes the NBA and the NFL overlap and then you're trying to find, it's a lot to jump through. So I like to stick to the ones that are more uh, football focused, like the NFL. And I'm just going to throw out there. We did our mock draft on them uh, sleeper. Uh, it's relatively new. It's, you know, it's, 
designed mainly for people to use on their mobile devices. Yes, they do have a web platform, but it is, like I said, designed for mobile use. And one of my favorite features about it is like the group chat in there. I know for our leagues, we have a Facebook page plus the NFL. Yes, there is the the discussion post, but you know, it's not as easy to make a post and have group conversations. I was in a league last year with Sleeper um, for a podcast and, you know, we had people in Canada, we had people in Florida, like all in the same league and we all got to know each other through the chat function. So if you're, you know, by yourself, only have maybe one friend, you're struggling to form a league of your close friends, you know, I would put, I would push in the direction of Sleeper because how easy the chat feature is, you know, hey, I'm looking for a running back and it sends out a push notification just like a text message to everyone in the league. Uh, so the communication, uh, and honestly, communication is a huge part of fantasy. If you want to make trades, if you want to be active on the waiver wire, and they're pretty quick with score updates or stat corrections, which sometimes can be the fantasy worth. Thank God the NFL has gotten better with that, but sometimes they still take to Wednesday to update their stats. Um, outside of that, I think all the free platforms have their perks. Uh, and again, it's more of just about finding the right group of people. Like I mentioned, the NFL has a billion free leagues that people just do because they think they're mock drafting, but it's actually a real league. And then by week two, you can pretty much win the league because you can just add all the breakout players because it's not active. So you are going to look for a fantasy one. Try to find a group uh, that you can be a part of that all 10, 12, 8, how many players are in the, the league are all active throughout the season. So, Cody, I mean, I get it, but I have to I have to disagree a little bit to you as well. Um, I just I would use sleeper for a league last year and I felt like I was lost every time I opened the app. I felt like there was too many different menus hidden inside of menus and like I couldn't find exactly where to, you know, offer trades. Trades are also offered where they look weird, where it's like the trade almost looks duplicated because there's, you know it shows both sides of the trade. It just takes some getting used to, honestly. It's not the worst, but it was it was a little confusing for me jumping into it and that's somebody who has, you know, played fantasy for years. So I think you might need to like take a little bit of time to like focus in on, you know, learning where everything is in the app. And I'll also admit like to your chat feature, that is a great point, but I'll also say Yahoo does have a great chat feature as well. I used it a lot for some work leagues back in the day and it worked very well for us making sure we could, you know, offer trades or say this is on the block or even just talk BS about work. So that, that that's true. But I mean, I it just also, wasn't a huge fan of sleeper when I used it. It also highly depends on what kind of a fantasy player you are. If, I mean, yes, we like fantasy football. That's what we're talking about, but not everybody out there is playing just fantasy football. Um, you were talking about how you hate how all the apps are combined, but I'll say personally, I play fantasy football. I play fantasy baseball. I do fantasy hockey. And you are able on the Yahoo app to be able to just easily move from one league to the next by doing that. There's plenty of times when the leagues start to overlap that I will be checking my fantasy baseball lineup and I'll quickly change my fantasy football lineup, make sure that's good and change back and, really be able to navigate both. So I think Yahoo's got a good feature with that. I will say Yahoo has sucked for years. Uh, sorry, Yahoo, but it's just the truth. But now they finally have made some improvements and they've really come a long way. Um, Sleeper, honestly, it's just, like I said, we're so used to serious platforms. I think this is going to be a lot for the more younger fans or the very new fans. I mean, you got 
I mean, we're just talking about the app, but guys, let's not forget that you pick an avatar and I had a slice of pizza throwing fireballs at a taco during the matchups because that's the way they try to set up the app. Like, it's kind of weird. Um, I will say that one of my least favorite platforms is actually ESPN. I don't like the way that it's set up. I don't like uh, navigating the lineups. I don't, they have weird position eligibilities on that app. Um, I just, I don't feel like it's as easy to use or as clean as some of the other apps. ESPN is one of the last ones that I usually choose to use. Um, But, you know, guys, we went over the main leagues here. Uh, If you want us to give some insight on any other leagues, just give us a shout out and we can definitely give you a breakdown. But let's go ahead and move on to the league types because, I mean, it's not just fantasy. It's not just fantasy football. That's a real blanket statement. There's plenty of different types of leagues. Um, So we're just going to go over some of them with you guys. And let's start it off with best ball leagues. George, you want to give us a breakdown on what a best ball league is? All right, so a best ball league, um, I see a lot of people joining best ball leagues because they're super simple. You basically would draft a team, and essentially every single week, your best scoring lineup will automatically get thrown into your lineup, and then you basically just add points up throughout the year, and the person with the most points wins. So it's a very hands-off kind of fantasy league. The entire thing is based on the draft, so you're always trying to draft for high upside because maybe this guy won't you know, do well for the first four weeks, but he breaks out and then he ends up being one of your top scores the last few weeks. He automatically gets thrown in your lineup. So it's also good because you can join a bunch of best ball leagues. Um, a lot of people do these for, you know, money as well, because you can join a bunch of them and you don't have to worry about the in-season management. Um, a lot of times, I, I mean, I like the in-season management part of it, but I think there's a lot of people that do as well and join some best balls with it because they're so simple. So I think best ball is the easiest for you to get involved and even even use them for doing some draft prep too. Yeah, absolutely. George made a great point there at the end. You know, we talked about mock drafting. Um, we talked about it on last week's show with Tyler and I, like the importance of it so you know where players are going. Now best ball, because of the high upside, sometimes the rankings aren't consistent as a redraft or a keeper league, which we'll touch in a second. Um, but why not? you know, just do a best ball league instead of a mock draft when you can have this lineup set. It'll take care of all the work. You just basically did the draft and now you're set to go. Um, Just keep aware though, not all the free apps or have best ball options. Sometimes best ball leagues are, um, you know, on paid websites. So that is something to keep in mind out, but you just love the draft. Hey, join a best ball league. You don't need to talk to anybody. You just pick some players and you're good to go and could be lucky enough to win some money. Um, as long as it's legal. Hmm. Uh, but I talked about some other other leagues. You know, the redraft, I would say that is the most common of all the leagues. Uh, the name is what it is. You draft a new team every year. Most time the league mates come back, just like our league of record. But we draft a new team every year. Uh, I think it is my second favorite way to play fantasy football. It's the way I play the most because that's how most of my uh, leagues are run. Um, and that's basically when we do mock drafts or, you know, talk rankings and stuff like that. We break it down as if it was a redraft league, um, because if you're doing keepers or dynasty, not all those players would be available. Um, so re- redraft is pretty simple and it's for all skill ages. Hey, if you're a beginner, it's a great place to learn. If you're like us, who've been playing fantasy for 10 plus years. It's a lot of fun because you dig into the numbers a lot more and try to figure out, 
the best options. You start looking at stats like DVOA, and you're like, I don't even know what DVOA is, but it sounds good, so I'm going to go with it when I'm playing offensive players against it. Uh, so redraft is always a lot of fun and what we currently use for our league of record. So moving on to the next league type, we have the keeper league, which is somewhat like a redraft league. It's for the more intense fans is I wouldn't say it's for the beginners, um, but it is guys that aren't quite ready for a dynasty league. So basically what you do is you're going to have your initial draft your first year. You're going to draft your team. And then afterwards, based off of what the keeper settings are, Usually it's about five players you can keep. You will actually choose to keep five of the players that were on your team from the previous year. Uh, now, keeper leagues can have all types of rules. Um, you could have that you're only allowed to keep a person twice and then you got to lose them. Or uh, you have to keep a person based off of two rounds higher than what their value was last year. So if you drafted them in the fifth round last year, if you keep them, it means it's going to use up your third round pick. Um, you know, it, it all depends on how your league wants to run it. But basically... You keep five people from your season before or however many people you'd like, and then the rest of the team and the rest of the players available are completely redrafted um, and free to take in the draft. So it's definitely a fun way to play. It's a little interesting because I know, I mean, just for example, this year I played with uh, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen, and I'd love to have those two guys back, but I got to redraft again, and it's going to be a lot harder to get them this year because people know their value. Well, if it was a keeper league, I would have been able to keep both those guys, move on to this next year, having my power duo right there, and make my way towards another championship. So it's definitely a fun, interesting way to play some fantasy, guys. Keeper is definitely a good way to mix between redraft, which you're literally looking at the one year, and dynasty, which you're always looking long term. And that would be our fourth and final um, type of league. So dynasty leagues are more intense than keeper as you are normally keeping pretty much your entire team. So some of these leagues are set up completely different as well. You could have anything where you have contract lengths and salary caps, which is what the league that we talk about where it's supposed to simulate the NFL. So you're honestly trying to, you know, balance your salary cap, make sure you're not going over, but getting the best talent possible. And you could be losing this guy to free agency this year because you're getting out of like, you know, so you get discounts for rookies and et cetera. There's some leagues where it's a dynasty where they do still have the salary cap, but there's no contract length. So you can essentially keep someone as long as you want and you only have to cut them for if you want to, or if you're over your salary cap. So it can get, there's like a range of, you know, how serious these dynasty leagues can get. But a lot of times you're keeping pretty much your entire roster and there is still a draft every year, but it's literally just rookies. So back when we were talking rookie rankings a few weeks ago on the show, that was more geared to these dynasty players who, those rookies have to get into the pool somehow, and that's how you would do it, similar to how exactly the NFL would do it. So I know there's a lot more that I probably missed talking dynasty. You guys can jump in because that's definitely the most hardcore league type, and you're locked in 365 days a year. Yeah, and let yeah, me just I say mentioned... before we go on, um, my Tyler tip of the day is going to be if you are joining a dynasty league only do it if you trust the commissioner. If you know that he is going to be a very active commissioner, willing to work with the league to make it the best. You don't want a commissioner that just, you know, throws the league together in a lazy way and just, you know what, whatever your team is, you keep it fine. That's it. And move on. Unless that's the way you want the league to go. 
Um, make sure you have a commissioner that's willing to keep changing the league in a way, make it better for everybody. Keep it active. Keep it fresh. Um, that would be my Tyler tip of the day. Go ahead, Cody. Hey, that's that's a great tip. Um, I was going to mention, I did say redraft is my second favorite because that's Dynasty. Dynasty is my 100% favorite way to play, especially the, the super intense league that we're in where we have I have spreadsheets calculating my salary caps through 2024. Uh, you know, definitely for the hardcore fan. Um, but like I said, Dynasty... You know, just like Keeper and Redraft, it's for all skill levels. Uh, again, not all the free platforms will allow you to do a Dynasty uh, draft. I know Sleeper does. That's another reason why I like the Sleeper one. It's a great for, you know, new players to get their feet wet in Dynasty because it's not as complex as some of the paid sites you have to use for Dynasty leagues. Um, but yeah, honestly, if you're going to play a Keeper league, I'd say don't play a Dynasty. That's how I how I feel. Um to me keepers aren't fun anymore after i started playing dynasty now these are just my opinions hopefully if you're in a keeper league i know some keep friends of mine their their league of records are keepers but they only do two or three players and like tyler said it's two rounds higher than their original draft pick but if you had james robinson last year and you got him off the waivers he's your last draft pick now so pretty good value so hopefully you kept james robinson even though they drafted travis Etienne. um but again like tyler mentioned you know know the commissioner and know the players are going to be with. Dynasty leagues suck if no one's active. If you can't find someone to trade with or, you know, everyone plays it like a best ball league, well, it's not going to be as fun. So, again, commissioner is important and who you're playing with is important. Uh, try out the different platforms. There's a lot of great options. If you have any questions about any of these leagues, we've played in them all. If you have a keeper question, ask Jordan Tyler because I'm done with keeper leagues. Uh, but Dynasty, I'd love to answer them. Uh, you know, so many platforms, so many leagues, but there's also so many different scoring options, whether, you know, half point PPR, standard scoring, full point PPR, IDP, defensive scoring, kicker points. Should kickers even be in the league? No. Yes. Uh, they should be in the <laughs> NFL, not in fantasy. George didn't well, try to throw me under the bus, but he didn't do a very good job explaining my, my standpoint on that, but we'll get into that another show. Um, but, you know, we're going to look more at the redraft and a little bit of Dynasty because some Dynasties have weird scoring as well. What are some of your favorite scoring roles or rules? And is there any that you're like, I wish every league would get rid of this type of scoring? Or is there like a league that we found in our league of record that you're like, I love how we do this. I think if more people realized it, it would take off and be, you know, the new standard. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just some of the rules that I like. Uh, if you are going to have kickers, which is a debate for another day, uh, I don't like that you just get points based off of what you make. I feel like you should lose points based off of what you miss. Because um, in the NFL, if you have a – I mean, fantasy football is basically you're creating a team, a football players that – you know, is your fantasy setup, and if they were going up against this other actual team, who would win? And kickers do come into play with that. If you have two NFL teams going up against each other, and they're both doing well offensively, but one of them has the kicker missing all the kicks, that team might lose. Honestly, we've seen plenty of games lost because kickers can't make field goals, so I feel like you should be penalized in fantasy if your kicker does miss field goals. So I like that. Um, I like the 
if the defense forces a fumble but does not recover it, they still get one point. I like one point for forcing a fumble, one point for recovering a fumble, instead of just two points total for recovering a fumble. Um, same with if you have a running back that has the ball punched out and he fumbles just because his team jumped on it, that dude should still lose some credit. I mean, that is still should be punished. But my favorite setup is probably IDP, individual defensive players, for those of you that don't know what that is. It's more for the more intense uh, football fan, not for your beginners, because you're not going to really know the individual defensive players that well. But when people ask me, why should I play fantasy football? People that have never played before. They're like, I just like watching my team on Sunday and that's it. I say, that's why you should play. Because fantasy football makes all those other games that you weren't really interested in before because they're not your favorite team so much more interesting. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. I love watching the Titans games. But if I have Seahawks versus Washington football team and I have Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, you better believe I am watching that game. That game just got so much more exciting to me because now I can watch that. And it's the same thing with individual defensive players. Before, you just focus on the offensive guys, but now you have these defensive players that are out there making sacks, making interceptions that you might not have focused on before that now become so much more exciting because they have impact on your fantasy team. So that's why I like IDP. That's agree with everything you said right there. Um, the one thing I want to add on, because it's something we've talked about before in our rankings, uh, the PPR versus non-PPR debate and we go with half PPR. We've done a lot of experimenting with this with our league of record. Our league of record started as a standard. Then it went to a full point point per reception. And now we cut it down to a half point per reception because we think that that does a good job of boosting wide receivers to be able to stand up to some of those high scoring running back numbers, but not boost them so that wide receivers are worth so much more than running backs. And really, I think that's a big thing because the flex position normally a flex position is a position where you can play a running back a wide receiver or a tight end you would just stack with wide receivers but if you're dumbing down the wide receivers a little bit from that full point per reception running backs come right back into play in the flex position so i think that's another scoring rule that we have honed on and a lot a lot of people even understand that half point ppr is a thing but we love it for our leagues Yeah, guys, just to give you an example of that, if you have a receiver that gets 10 catches in a game for 30 yards, which we've seen happen, they get those little dinky screen passes and they don't do anything with it, it happens. If you have a receiver that gets 10 catches for 30 yards in a standard league, you are getting three points. Now, you are frustrated because you're like, my guy caught 10 passes in this game and I only got three points out of it. It's ridiculous. Now, if you're on the other end and it's a full point PPR, this dude just got 13 points for only getting 30 yards. Again, it's not fair. It's it's a little ridiculous. Now, if it's a half-point PPR, that means he gets half a point per reception, which would be five points, plus the three points for the 30 yards. Now he's getting eight points to have 10 catches for 30 yards. That's a lot more reasonable. It's not killing anybody for all his catches. It's not killing anybody for not having any yards. It is right there in the middle, and it really makes the league a lot more fair. Yes, I, I agree, and Tyler's math skills were fabulous uh, on di- on display there. Uh, Half-point PPR is the way to go. Uh, I've played in a few leagues that do uh, 0.1 point. This is, again, getting uh, down to, like, tedious, you know, micromanaging. Uh, all depends on your commissioner. Probably not stuff you want to push if this is your first time playing, but 0.1 points a game for uh, our per carry for running backs. So to give 
the workhorse running backs like the Derrick Henrys who doesn't get unfortunately he's he's going to get 30 carries a game but he's not going to see you know six targets like some of them it helps balance him out makes him a little bit more valuable um also helps out with you know running backs by committee uh because you know if you're only getting 10 carries you're still getting an extra point uh for just being involved if you have to split so I do like that approach. Not everyone is a fan of it. Um, I do want to, you know, hype up the show in the coming weeks a little bit. So, uh, going back, uh, Snyder, you know, mentioned bringing up, bringing or being a part of fantasy is also helping you get involved in the NFL weekend. Hey, you might look forward to that Thursday night matchup. The Monday night matchup is. Um, but one of my big pet peeves, and we're going to do a show. I don't, haven't even told the guys this. I just put it on the calendar, a show about fantasy pet peeves that I'm very excited for. And one of them is, you know, the, the fan that Tyler said he's a Titans fan. So like some players will go out there and be like, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm not drafting any Cowboys. Like I can't stand that. Like it's fantasy. Like you play to win, draft the players you think. Uh, so I wanted to tease a little bit of our pet peeve shows coming up. So don't be one of those players. Um, and then next week, we're going to do the same thing with the draft process. Um, and just back to the different types of fantasy, there's also different things like uh, FAB, which is all about a budget system for how you acquire players. You know, there is uh, the waiver wire. There's all kinds of different things that you have to look for when you're making your league. Uh, and I just want to mention like like FAB or IDP or however the league is going to be run and these scoring things, they're all things you should be looking up because we are talking how to you know, get started in fantasy. You should ask your commissioner or ask your friends these questions. How are we doing scoring? You know, some people like super flex leagues, which is you can play a quarterback in your flex spot. Some people like two quarterback leagues and make it very difficult. Um, so, and they all affect the amount of scoring. Uh, is there player bonuses? You know, there's a lot of questions to ask your specific league. We could literally talk for three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours on all the different types of rules and going through and breaking down every little slider you can adjust on any of the fantasy platforms. Um, so that's why we're just going to tell you some of our favorites. You know, half-point PPR, we're big components of those. Uh, we're not going to have the debate, but I personally think a kicker spot should be removed and you should play with two flexes. Uh, but that's a debate for another day. I know we personally changed the defensive scoring in our league um, because – to help mitigate with the offense of explosion we've seen, the point scoring, uh, the first touchdown used to you like drop you, cut you in half or drop you to four points. Like we cut it to only losing a few points now. George can correct me. He's the commissioner. He can give you the exact details. Um, but things like that, you know, maybe you want to give a bonus if there's an actual shutout or, you know, if a team only gives up 10 points, they shouldn't only get three fantasy points in today's NFL. That's pretty impressive. Um, so there's a lot of things you can adjust in fantasy. It's a lot of fun once you like dive into the rules. Uh, but those are some of our favorites. And one more thing, if you are a commissioner out there, um, you know, fantasy pet peeve, whatever. But um, if you are a commissioner out there, do not just make a change because you feel like you should make a change. But just because you think the league should be different in a certain way doesn't mean the rest of your league does. And don't be a dictator of a commissioner. Make sure that you are making the league more fun for everybody, not just you. If you want to make a change to your league, put it up to a vote. Let the league decide. Explain both sides, why it would be good, why it would be bad, what would happen if you changed it. Let the league decide. Um, 
keep these leagues fun for everybody. Don't just keep it fun for you or you're going to have a lot less interest in people. You're going to have people that aren't paying attention. And trust me, that is not fun, um, which actually moves us on into the next section, guys. And finally here, before we wrap it up, um, do you guys have any good fantasy stories, good or bad, that you would like to tell our fans at home that are listening? Hey, I'll give you – it was a good for me. It was bad for for the league because, again, this is like the horror story of, you know, players aren't paying attention. You take advantage of players that don't pay attention. And this is honestly where the league commissioner should have stepped in and did something. But I, this was back when Jamal Charles was playing. Uh, I drafted him with my first overall pick because that's the quality of player he was at the time. He was with the Kansas City Chiefs. And week one, he tore his ACL. Uh, I feel like that happened a couple times, but this particular year, I had him. The minute he went down with a knee injury, I sent a trade uh, to a guy in our league, for Jamal Charles, for Adrian Peterson, I think Percy Harvin. The dude accepted it. And obviously, it didn't go through until Tuesday when the whole – he tours, he's out for the league. The league – there was no league vote for vetoes. It just went through. The commissioner – trades were just on. So, again, the player wasn't very paying attention. He was like, oh, okay, it's a trade. Um, maybe some of you people are like, hey, you shouldn't take advantage of players like that. At that time, I wasn't aware of how much of his fantasy knowledge he was. I also lucked into Percy Harving having his breakout year that year where he was like a top 12 wide receiver. So that trade worked out as a double whammy uh, for me. But, again, you don't want to be in the shoes of the player that you know tries their hardest off for uh quote-unquote bs trade or a trade that you think could be vetoed and you know back to league role rules how you determine league vetoes or trade vetoes are i know we've had a few in our league that have been very close to being vetoed uh our system is the three of us are the committee we all vote on it and then if it's ever a tie because if for example one of us is in the trade uh, there's only two people to vote then it goes to league vote. Uh, so we've had to go to league vote before. We've had some questions between us whether to veto it or not. Uh, luckily, most our league is pretty competitive. We haven't had any trade vetoed. Um, but just think, you know, when you're playing, why it's so important to be active. Hey, we get it. Life gets busy. You might miss a week. You know, you might forget to start set a lineup or you might, you know, accidentally cut a player when you're trying to, you know, adjust your lineups on a Sunday morning because, you know, Christian McCaffrey's not playing and you wanted to add Mike Davis, but you accidentally hit drop Mike Davis. Having an active commissioner can be a huge uh, important. Hey, you message him, you call him, you text him right away. Say, hey, I this was an accidental drop. Most of the time, if you repl- send that like immediately within five minutes, no one in the league will care and be like, oh, you dropped him. No, everyone's understand that life happens, you know. We talk about how much we love fantasy, but life is more important. We have other bigger things going on. Sometimes mistakes happen. So be active, be communicating with your league, uh, and don't be the person that's not active or, you know, someone will have a bright future. I won the championship because of Adrian Peterson that year. Uh, But I'm sure a lot of the people in the fantasy, uh, that fantasy league, weren't very happy. I went undefeated that season because of that. So proudest moment in fantasy, kind of. 
Um, and you talk about how somebody isn't active can turn into somebody else being good or whatever. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I was sitting here with Jake Zimmers on the show and he got his start in our league of record and his start in fantasy football in general, all because one of our commissioners back in the day wasn't active. We invited him. He finished the season strong. A few Great years Lord, later, he won a fantasy championship. Text. <laughs> I don't think he's going to accept your trade, Cody, especially since the league is from, I think it was like, what? 2014 maybe i think that's when uh yeah we were freshmen in college i think sophomores maybe Jesus. so 2014 ish and look another uh <laughs> fantasy yeah, psa have a trade deadline um i'm not one of my least proud moments in fantasy was my first year ever playing fantasy i heard about it thought it'd be fun decided to try it i decided to be commissioner of the league um we had 10 guys and I thought, you know what? Trade deadline. No, I don't want that on. I mean, it's going to be fun to be able to trade all year long. It's not because it comes down to right before the playoffs start. And there's guys that clearly aren't making the playoffs that are best friends or relatives with people that are making the playoffs. They trade all their good players. to The other guy for scraps and our first year that happened. And it was the three top teams in the league all traded with people that were out of the playoffs we had one team that wasn't playing at all. I was furious that these guys were cheating the league like this. So I was like, fine, if you guys are going to cheat, I'm going to cheat too. Used my commissioner powers to steal the good players off of the team that was inactive. Make my team better. I was booted from commissioner that year. So don't worry. It's all good. Um, but we also turned off trade deadline uh, or turned on trade deadline. And that never happened again. So definitely have a trade deadline on, guys. It just becomes an absolute mess. Don't let fantasy break away part your friendships. Uh, let me also mention that that year I was like fourth or fifth in that league. No one would trade with me for their, you know, give dream scraps, but I got somebody to give me Steven Jackson for nothing, and I won that fantasy championship, actually. So that league doesn't even count. Too bad it doesn't count for collusion. <laughs> You just no, heard that story count. about everything I said. Year... It does not count. <laughs> yeah, guys, don't be like Snyder his first year. Try to enjoy it. You know, have fun. Don't and cheat. if you have questions, yeah, don't cheat. If you have questions or you're confused, that's why we're making the how-to videos. The couchgms.com will be a great resource. Uh, but as always, uh, we could go on forever, talk about stories. We have a lot of them when you play fantasy for over a decade uh but we'll save those for another time so as always thanks again for uh tuning in to this week's episode of the couch gms podcast absolutely guys and you know what there's so many times that we ask you guys to reach out to us and please just do it don't be afraid to reach out to us i promise you we are the nicest guys ever maybe not george he's pretty terrible but the rest of us are nice we'll reach out to you we will answer your questions uh, we will keep you guys updated on fantasy news, fantasy advice. All I'm saying is this podcast is a lot more fun for us and way more fun for you when you get involved. So don't be afraid to hit us up. Keep an eye on the couchgms.com for any news regarding when we're going to start seeing some more of these how-to videos. And we are going to enjoy talking to you guys about some of our favorites and least favorites coming up in the next couple of weeks. Thank you one more time for listening into this week's episode. And for Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kurth. We'll see you all next week. Boom.